Good evening everyone. Hi. Charlotte here from Enriching Environments on Tuesday the mm, 6th of December. Thank you so much for all of you who are checking in now. This evening we are going to be talking about a topic which lots of clients have been asking me recently because lots of my clients seem to be having babies at the moment, second or third babies at the moment. So what we're going to discuss this evening is uh, welcoming those new babies and how do we welcome a second sibling, second child into the home um, whilst our older child is probably still pretty much a baby themselves, probably only a few, a few years old and suddenly we have this newborn and the world of the older child is turned upside down. So that's what we're going to discuss this evening. How do we support that? How do we support our newborn, who obviously is completely dependent upon us, whilst we can also support our older child, the older sibling, maybe two, three, four, five years old, still very much need a lot of support, emotional support, physical support as well, depending on their age. So how can we balance that? How can we support them? And uh, please, as ever, dive in with your questions if you have any. So <clears throat> as we begin, before we do anything else, as we do in every Top Tip Tuesday Masterclass, let's just take a moment, take a deep breath in, place your hand, one hand on your heart and one on your belly if that feels good, and inhale again. And honour yourself as your child's first teacher. Honour yourself if you're an educator in the classroom. And feel what intention you'd like to bring forth this evening. How would you like to feel at the end of this session? One more inhale. Just take that moment to find some spaciousness within you. And let's begin. Shake out that energy if you'd like to. Maybe flick your fingers, roll your wrists, a few neck rolls. And <clears throat> let's begin. So, supporting older siblings when we're welcoming a new baby, a new sibling, a new little one. Um, <clears throat> I can remember when I first brought Harry back from hospital. He was born premature, so his arrival was, was a bit of a shock. He was born at 35 weeks. Um, and he spent a week in the NICU, and then, and then I brought him home. And uh, the first thing that really struck me when I saw him and Olivia together, is Olivia, she was only two years and three months at the time. She just suddenly seemed like a giant. She seemed, you know, she was a baby when I went into labor, and now I came home, and she seemed huge. And a friend had sort of warned me, had said to me about this, how, how weird it had felt for her when her, her second child seemed so, seemed so big, oh, sorry, seemed so, her first child seemed so uh, big compared to when, when she brought the little one home. So we can suddenly feel like our older child has grown up overnight, grown up in those moments, but of course they still are a little child. And I think that's the main um, <clears throat> feeling and knowledge to hold in our hearts that when we are welcoming a new baby that the older child 
is, um, unless obviously they're a teenager, completely grown up, that they are going to need emotional support, that they are still um, probably quite young, in need of this physical and emotional and spiritual support. And that, depending on the age of the child, their world will have been turned upside down to a greater or lesser extent. And of course, giving a child a sibling um, is a, a beautiful gift, one of the greatest gifts we can ever give a child. But in those first um, weeks and months of a new baby, the older child may have fascination and frustration in equal measure. It may not be all plain sailing. They may not, hi everyone who's joining, they, <clears throat> they may have feelings of um, jealousy, which will be complete normal. They may have uh, feelings, hi Rosette, they may have feelings of wanting to reject or resist the baby. They may ask you to send baby back. Um, there may be a full range of emotions and almost um, them sort of flip-flopping, switching between this joy and intense um, love for the little baby and in equal measure, this frustration. Of course, um, there isn't as much access to mum and dad, particularly mum if she's doing all of the feeding um, as there was before. Um, uh, newborns take up a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of, um, uh, energy but a lot of feeding time for example you know when we're first establishing breastfeeding if we can remember what that was like it takes a lot of our time and of course when you have a two three four five year old who still has the the normal developmentally appropriate uh, demands then having to wait in those moments can be really really frustrating and that's when these these feelings can arise and they're um, completely normal for our child to have to have these feelings so what we can look at is zoom out and think what we are really really doing when we welcome the second child or the third child into the home is we are seeking to cultivate a relationship that uh, from the earliest days that will um, develop and, and be nourished and nurtured throughout their children's lives. Um, your, uh, our children will, will always have each other. Of course, with their parents, quite naturally, it's more likely that we will pass away before them. Uh, so their children will have each other. And we really want to forge and foster and develop this really, really close relationship, um, a mutual relationship of respect from, from the, the earliest years. Lay that foundation, and of course, as they're, uh, as they're adults, that will develop and change, but we can lay this foundation. <clears throat> so the things that we can do um, to support this bond, well, let's just, Actually, let's zoom out. If anyone has any questions, let me know as you go through. Let's uh, talk about a couple of things that we want to avoid. Let's start there. Um, one thing we don't want to do is to um, bribe our older child with sweets or toys or distractions um, to keep them busy, as it were. Uh, so that um, they're not involved with the baby or so that they're not bothering us. This obviously is really, really challenging because we really want to find that balance of our older child having autonomy so they can look after themselves as much as possible and appropriate for their age. But we don't want it to become into a pattern where we are um, bribing them or behaving out of our normal um, 
pattern of behavior. Behaving if we are, I don't know, changing their diet or giving treats at different times or not setting as many boundaries as it were. If there's inconsistency in the way that we behave because uh, the little baby is there, then that's actually going to be more unsettling for a child. Of course, initially they're going to appreciate more sweets or more treats and toys, but overall, bigger picture, we want to keep the, um, we always think of CPR when we're talking about young children, consistency, predictability and rhythm. I'm sorry, I say young children, up to the age of uh, 10, 12. Children need consistency, predictability and rhythm, uh, rhythm or routine. That is what helps children to feel safe. So they know what's coming next. They know what the consistency is. They know what the predict, they can predict what's going to happen. They have a regular rhythm or a routine. So we don't want to do anything. Um, we don't want to uh, uh, do things or give things or behave in a different way when baby comes along, which disturbs that CPR, that consistency, predictability and rhythm. Um, Children are very uh, astute, so if they, they, they catch uh, a sniff of us trying to bribe them or behave in a different way, so that we will, um, so, uh, so it's easier for us with a baby, they're gonna catch onto that and, and any short-term benefits that we get are gonna, uh, are gonna fade off. So for their overall sense of safety and security and for them to adapt to these changes. I mean, this is a huge change in a child's life to have an extra sibling. The, the challenge from one to two, um, is, from being the only child to the second child is absolutely huge. And it's not something, of course, as adults, we can understand. But just to give us a sense of perspective, we have had our, our little one, two, three, four, five, six-year-old, has had us probably 100% um, of the time when we've been at home, whether we're a stay-at-home parent or a working parent, more or less when we've been at home, we've been able to give them a lot of undivided attention. They haven't had to share us with anyone else. And then when a, a newborn, uh, when a baby comes in, a newborn that needs a lot of attention, a lot of care, a lot of feeding, of course our child will naturally um, uh, seek our attention more, seek our love more, and will not actually understand cognitively why from one day they had all of this attention and then it's not there within a day, a couple of days later. It's not um, possible for a young child to understand that um, or, or accept that. So really our role in this is heaps and heaps of patience and heaps and heaps of understanding. Um, and uh, sorry, I've gone off topic a little bit. I'll tell you what I was gonna say is the second thing we want to avoid. So the first thing is uh, bribery, changing routines, um, trying to keep them busy or distracted or giving more treats or not setting boundaries. We want to avoid that. And the second thing is not using this language of um, expectation like, oh, you're the big sister now, so you should do this, or you're the big brother now, so you have to wait your turn, or um, oh, be a be a big sister and be patient, or, or, or be a big sister and go and do this, or you're a big sister now, you can get dressed by yourself. All of that language, when a child is, um, uh, is already very disorientated by the shift and the change in the family, um, it's very, very destabilizing. It's very, very invalidating um, for, a, uh, for, a, for a young child. So we want to avoid anything like that um, in the knowledge that this um, is 
a beautiful moment for all of the family, of course, uh, the arrival of a second sibling, but for a young child, there's going to be a period of adjustment. And that's the type of language, actually, that we can use. That's my approach would be to say out loud what you're all experiencing, say out loud what's happening, what's baby doing, what we're doing. Um, say out loud um, in those moments that um, we don't really know what to do with baby and that always happens, right? For all of us, you know, baby might be crying and we don't know whether she's tired or she's cold or she's hungry and all of those things. Um, we can say out loud saying, I wonder what she wants. She's crying. She seems really uncomfortable. I wonder what it could be. And not that we're expecting the older child to answer those questions or do anything, but showing that um, there isn't this separation between the siblings. We really want to make um, the older child feel that they're still part of this, this inner circle. There isn't just the bond between um, mother and baby or father and baby. That of course there, there's the other child involved as well. And that's really the way that we um, encourage this, uh, this bonding and this connection is saying out loud what's there. As I said, I wonder what baby wants or look at her. She, look at her eyes following you. Have you noticed her eyes move when you're in front of her? She's following, she's uh, watching you and following her eyes are following you around the room or when you sing or when you speak to her, she turns her head towards you so she can hear what you're saying. Have you noticed that? So um, say out loud those little things that, so you're indirectly creating this bond and showing um, the older child how important they are to the younger child, but without any pressure on the older child. You're just observing and then saying out loud. It's not that anybody has to behave any differently. It's really just saying what is, uh, what is there. Um, what else do I have in my notes? Um, <clears throat> yes, the other saying out loud of, babies do like to sleep and eat a lot. Um, baby's gonna be feeding for a lot of the day. So during feed time, what would you like to do? Um, maybe you'd like to sit um, uh, next to me and we can have a cuddle. Can I read you a story? Shall we get a collection of stories ready so I can read to you when I'm feeding? Would you like to <laughs> um, bring a teddy and we can all snuggle together? Um, for my daughter Olivia, when Harry came, um, she would bring a teddy and pretend she was breastfeeding as well, um, which was really, it's just so, so divine. It's just some of my favorite moments to have um, see that uh, and that nurturing side that she really felt. What I also did for Olivia actually is I got um, you know this, the, those baby carriers. We had a boba when Olivia and Harry were little and I got Olivia one of those mini bobas for a couple of months before Harry was born and she would carry her teddy round in the boba. So I would have Harry in the boba and then she would have her teddy in the boba and then I would breastfeed Harry and she would breastfeed her teddy and this was a really a part of uh, I believe of her making sense of the world making sense of the change and really um, uh, accepting accepting Harry as part of the family um, so uh, as I said, say uh, out loud what's happening with all with this vision of you're cultivating this deep relationship of respect from from the beginning. We're not placing any expectations on the older child. You can say you can um, give this invitation of um, babies. 
going to need to have a nappy change now. Would you like um, to come with me and watch? Um, or would you like to stay here and continue reading or continue playing with your teddies? It's always an invitation. Uh, would you like to do this? Would you like to do that? It's without any pressure at all. And that's what's really, really important for um, us to find our voice in that. What feels natural to us, which is no pressure on, on the older child. And I think, to be honest, the hardest thing about welcoming a, a new sibling, and, uh, and I know what I personally found was really difficult, is um, I remember with our first baby that we, when baby was napping, in theory we could nap. Well, with our second child, then um, our first one will really want some one-on-one -on -one time with us when, when baby is napping. So that's what was, I found really hard, is finding that schedule, finding that rhythm, so that I could have a bit of time to rest and Olivia could have some one-on-one -on -one time with me when Harry was asleep. And that really was a muddle. For the first six months, it's all a bit of a muddle, um, but we found a way through. Uh, but that's um, something to really, really cultivate. Those carve out those moments where you can have the uh, the older child um, having some one-on-one -on -one time with you. What would they like to do? Would they like to play with you? Would they like to read with you? Do they just want to snuggle on their own? Some children, because they're so used to you holding baby and carrying baby so much, some older children will literally just want to sit in your arms like they're a baby again, just to have that support and that nurturing um, that they see you giving to baby. And um, as I said right at the beginning, all the, if there are feelings of, uh, of jealousy, they are completely um, normal and they can be really hard for us to, um, to see and feel and you know, observe happening and accept, but they are a natural part of um, a child's development in terms of accepting a second sibling and it can take time. Some children within a couple of weeks they want to hold or even days can want to hold baby and really be involved in their world and for other children it's going to take longer. But the main thing is always it's an invitation for them to do things with the younger child and um, make sure that our older child sees how much the younger one um, is observing them, is listening to them. I would say things to Olivia like, oh, when, you know, Harry's been hearing your voice 